Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. It's so good to have you here with us. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore Lockdown Blue Devils. Of course, your one-stop shop each and every day talking about everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics. Episodes posted five times a week. You can watch them on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Follow us wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Your support means the absolute world for us. On today's show, I am so excited to bring on a longtime friend, Drew Carter from ESPN and the ACC Network to talk a little bit about everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics. Drewski, very good to see you again, my friend. JJ, it's amazing to see you. I hope the folks at home realize what a talented broadcaster you are. (laughs) I get a chance to see behind the curtain, and that's a one-take open, baby. That's not (laughs) written or anything. That is a one-take, grip it and rip it. JJ Jackson nails it, and here we are. I appreciate that, Drew. Yeah, excited to uh, have you on. When you're here, I've got to perform. I've got to be at my absolute best. I want to do just that. So uh, here we are, man. April is coming to an end. May right around the corner. Um, A lot of people now talking about spring ball as we've exited that portion of the football season, and a lot of people wanting to talk about Mike Elko Uh, and what Duke was able to do. A little bit different, year two versus year one for the new guy. And you, of course, were on the play-by-play call for the spring game. I got to start here, though, Drew. You're mapping out your week. You're expecting this thing to go down on Saturday. And then, man, it turned into what? A hectic 24, 36 hours. I mean, a really quick decision. And next thing you know, you got to be ready to go Friday night. Yeah, a little bit hectic, JJ, because I was telling you before, I actually did the Duke women's lacrosse game. They played the team eight miles down the road on Thursday night. And then the Duke spring game gets moved to Friday. And that happened, I think, Thursday. I think you're right. It was about 36 hours advance notice. It's so funny, dude. Like, you think about that happening during the football season. Think about how how much would have to change. I mean, you'd have to issue ticket refunds. You'd have to figure out parking. Travel would be thrown out of whack. For the spring game, we asked Coach Elko how they decided to move it, and he was like, well, the weather's going to be bad Saturday, and we wanted to get a good game in Friday night, didn't want anybody to get injured. I'm like, oh, that's right, you guys are playing yourself. So there's there's no logistical issues here. Uh, But, yeah, a little bit of a change in the schedule, but even still, like, a pretty good turnout. You know, admission was free. I think there's a lot of excitement around the program now, and you could sort of see it. It was a good appetizer in the spring game. You will certainly see it September 4th on that first Monday of the college football season when Duke hosts Clemson, and I think Wallace Wade will be sold out and rocking. Yeah, a new schedule format, of course, taking place in the ACC, and we've got plenty of months and days to talk about that in the time to come. A a lot of people, though, just wanting to talk about um, not even the spring game, just spring practice and what's been going on with this team. There's no longer a question mark at the most important position on the field. Uh, Riley Leonard is coming back for another season for Duke. Yeah, what jumps out to me, Triple J, is they return pretty much everybody. I mean, especially on the offensive side. Defensively, you lose your top two tacklers in Joyner and Hayward. I think they'll be fine on that side. They bring a new defensive coordinator in from Texas A&M, Tyler Santucci. 
But again, he knows Mike Elko. This is the fourth different school he's worked with him at. Elko's a defensive guy. They're not going to change much. Offensively, though, is where the continuity is super impressive. Riley Leonard is back. I think he kind of took the ACC by storm last year. I mean, I work for ACC Network, JJ, and I was as guilty of this as anyone. We marketed last year as the year of the quarterback in the ACC. There were so many good quarterbacks returning. Some of the guys delivered on the promise. Some of them did not. And then some of them ended up transferring in the offseason. Duke had zero flux offensively. You know what you're getting in Riley Leonard. I think the only thing that might change for him this year is maybe he runs a little bit less. Uh, He ran for 13 touchdowns last year, second most in the country among quarterbacks, only Bo Nix from Oregon, former Auburn guy, so I know you know him well. Uh, Only Bo Nix from Oregon ran for more touchdowns as a quarterback. But I I think even if Riley Leonard, even if they want to preserve his health because he's really their franchise QB, Kevin Johns told us he's got a linebacker's mentality. You know, if you know anything about Riley Leonard, go back to his high school days in the Mobile area in Alabama. He was an all-state basketball player. The guy's an athlete. And I think if if you're going to try to tell him, hey, don't run, don't improvise, stay in the pocket, don't get yourself hurt, you're really limiting what he can do. And the vibe I got from their coaches is that they're not going to do that. They're going to let Riley be Riley. So Riley's back. They bring back their top 11 wide receivers from last year, not just wide receivers, but tight ends, running backs. They're top 11 guys when you look at the stats and their top three running backs, the the three J's, kind of like you, Triple J, <laughs> Jaquez, Jalen and Jordan. Plus, they bring in Peyton Jones, this freshman who they raved about. And when you talk with these coaches, you know, a lot of the time it feels like feels like they're kind of selling you a bill of goods. Everything's positive. Everything is rainbows and butterflies. They, when they told us about Peyton Jones, I was like, all right, we'll see how legit this hype is because they bring back the three old guys, as Kevin right. Johns calls them. And Peyton Jones started for, for the white jersey team, and they did a draft. It's not like it was second-team offense that he was starting for. They, they had one of those older guys on the roster, and Peyton Jones started. So lots of continuity. Offensive line, they lose a couple starters, but I think they'll be fine there. They bring back their two best. I think they're going to be really good, man. It's just a matter of, of how the schedule shakes out. How much fun did you have calling that spring game, Drew? I mean, quarterbacks are switching teams as it's happening. You mentioned uh, the players draft themselves out there. It is by no means a traditional competitive, in some ways, football game. But nonetheless, it seems like they're out there having a really good time. And we do get a better glimpse at what this team could look like. Yeah, as far as spring games go, J.J., it was about as good as we could have asked for. Right? They were playing tackle football. The only guy in a red jersey was Riley Leonard. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch, man. I mean, they did the draft. It was competitive. I think there was a little smack talk back and forth. We talked with the coaches about who was talking the most, you know what, <laughs> in the lead up to the draft. They said probably the receiver room, you know, uh, Jalen Calhoun and Jordan Moore and Samir Hagans. Those guys were chirping back and forth a little bit. We got to talk with Dwayne Carter and Graham Barton, two of the captains who were responsible for picking the teams. Uh, They weren't playing, nothing major, no big-time injuries there. I mean, that's the big thing in a spring game, right, is you just want to make sure nobody gets hurt. hurt. And Duke Duke didn't even have a scare. So (laughs) check check there. And credit to Mike Elko for not playing in the pouring down rain because who knows what would have happened on Saturday afternoon. Friday night, nothing bad happens. Carter and Barton, they held out just for precautionary reasons, and they joined us on the broadcast in the third quarter. It was a lot of fun to talk to those guys. They're just super impressive. I I think Carter is a three-time captain. I believe he's the Indeed, first yeah. one in Duke program history. You can see why talking to him. And 
That actually wasn't the most entertaining interview we did, though, because Riley Leonard threw the headset on in the fourth quarter. We got through about a question and a half until Grayson Loftus, one of his backups, they only have three quarterbacks on the <laughs> roster. Grayson Loftus, one of his backups, throws a touchdown, almost 50 yards. And Leonard looks up. He goes, hey, guys, I think I got to go back in here. <laughs> Takes the headset <laughs> off, runs up the sideline, and he went back in the game. So that tells you everything you need to know about the spring game. Like, dude, that is that is your program quarterback, and he's playing in the fourth quarter. I know he's got the red jersey on, but it was pretty competitive. It was fun to watch. <laughs> he's got a job to do, that's for sure. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about Mike Elko and the program that he's building in Durham year two. A lot of expectations there, and we'll continue our conversation after this first time out here on today's show. Lockdown Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. This is America's number one sports book. We love them so much. Make sure you take advantage of your no-sweat first bet with Major League Baseball season being here. New customers can step up to the plate for up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel is an official partner of Major League Baseball. Moving forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside Drew Carter from ESPN and the ACC Network. I teased it a moment ago, but uh, Mike Elko going into his second season, uh, first time being a head coach here at Duke. Some people, myself included, didn't think a bowl game was realistic in year one. What does he do? Well, he goes and wins eight ball games and uh, wins a bowl game in his first season as well there at the helm. What, what impresses you most about him when you talk with him? Well, Mike Elko, and I, I've said this before, Mike Elko, I compare him to your cool teacher in high school. You know, <laughs> you're not looking forward to AP Euro. Your teacher's kind of a stickler. stickler. You're not looking forward to Calc concepts. It's boring. But then you get to gym class or maybe a class that you really enjoy, and there's Mike Elko. And he does an amazing job, JJ, of he, he's laid back which is why I think of him as like a cool teacher. He's laid back, but manages to motivate his guys clearly in an impressive way. And this year, the messaging is the same, but different. Here's what I mean by that. Last year, everyone thought Duke would be terrible. They were picked to finish last in the division. Nobody had any expectations for them. First year coach who's a first time coach, unknown quarterback situation. I think Riley was the last or second to last quarterback in the ACC to be named a starter. So no one had any expectations for them. So they tried to tune out the noise. Hey, no one thinks we're going to be good. Ignore that. We know we're going to be good. Focus on internal. This year, they also have to focus on internal, limiting the outside noise. But it's for a different reason. It's because everyone thinks they're going to be good. Because <laughs> you got guys like me coming on your podcast to talk Duke football right. in April, right? I mean, it's just a totally different mindset and a different category that Duke is in this year. But it's the same message where they have to limit the outside noise. And I heard Elko on a podcast. I think it was the All-22 podcast. It's like an inside look at Duke football. And he talked about how they had to overcome success. And, you know, I spent two years in Alabama. That's where we met. I covered Nick Saban pretty much every day. And that quote just stuck out to me as very Saban-esque. He's got a way with words when it comes to motivating young people. You have to overcome success. I had never heard it framed like that before. But they talk about how they didn't come to Duke just to have one good season. They came to have many good seasons. So they're happy about last year, 
but they're not satisfied. Got more work to do, that's for sure. And, and they've got more answers this time than they did a season ago. The issue, however, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, the schedule a little bit more yeah. difficult for Duke this upcoming season. A big fan, though, of this new ACC schedule um, that we've got put out here, getting to see these matchups more frequently, right, when you don't have Atlantic and Coastal Division crossovers, but what, every six, seven years, it's really hard uh, to, to see those teams play one another. Uh, but again, that schedule is a little bit more difficult this season for Duke when you do start on a Monday night against Clemson. Yeah, and uh, Coach Elko, when we asked him about it, you know, you just your thoughts on the schedule, he said, thank you to the ACC office. <laughs> thank, thanks for the opportunities, you know, thanks for the challenges. Uh, I think it is an opportunity. I mean, that it's Coach Speak 101 is framing every hard game as an opportunity. But I do think the Clemson game is a great opportunity for this program. I mean, it's a standalone game on that Monday night. I think Clemson played in the same window last year against Georgia Tech. I think they right. played in Atlanta on that that week one Monday. You're right. A lot of eyeballs are going to be on that game, you know, and no offense to Georgia Tech, but Duke has a better chance to beat Clemson than Georgia Tech did. That game was like kind of close for yeah. three quarters, <laughs> by the way. But, you know, Duke's at home. It's not neutral site. Duke was better last year than Georgia Tech was the previous year. I think a lot of people will be watching that game. And if Duke can win, I mean, we're, we're talking about one of the most accelerated rebuilds in college football history, right? I mean, they, they had lost nine games in back-to-back -back years with five total wins in the two years before Elko got there. And everybody in Durham and really everyone in the Southeast loves David Cutcliffe, and rightfully so, but it was time for a change. And so Elko coming in and, and rebooting things in one year was unbelievable. But now it's time to legitimize that. And you have a great chance to do that against the schedule, which starts against Clemson. And even if they don't beat Clemson, you look up and down. I mean, you you go to Florida State, who I think is going to be the favorite to win the ACC this year. They bring back more production than anyone. And they were great last year. Then you get the three rivals as part of that new ACC scheduling model. NC State, North Carolina, and Wake Forest. Wake Forest, I think, should all be pretty good next year. You know, yeah. I did Wake Forest spring game as well, and I don't think they'll miss a beat without Sam Hartman. North Carolina has the best quarterback in the country. And then NC State has been good for a long time, and their defense should be solid again. So the schedule is tough. I think it's awesome for Duke fans that they got those three in-state rivals as their three annual opponents. Then you get Florida State and Clemson on top of that, and you're looking at a really tough slate with a lot of, as Coach Elko would say, opportunities. <laughs> Drew Carter from ESPN and the ACC Network joining us here on the show today as uh, we are excited for Duke football, but we'll shift gears just a little bit here. Lacrosse is heating up this time of year. Oh, yeah. The NCAA basketball transfer portal is picking up. I mean, there are other things taking place. We're so familiar with seeing your face, Drew, all across ACC Network programming. What does day-to-day -day look like for you in the life of the ACC right now? Well, it's a lot of cramming and trying to make sure I'm up to date on everything. Like I, I was in studio the other day for baseball and softball coverage. And I was like, all right, I better, uh, I better study quickly here because <laughs> the baseball, the baseball has been something I've not been super plugged into just because of softball and lacrosse and a little hockey and, you know, spring sports, triple J. I mean, you know, this for, for someone who covers college sports, it's an absolute grind. It's insanity. Uh, which makes the the whole 2020-2021 spring football season for 
FCS schools, I don't know how anyone in those athletic departments survived <laughs> because it's it's crazy enough as it is without football in the spring. Uh, but it's actually, you know, it's funny talking about baseball. I was in line at Chipotle the other day and I was standing behind two baseball players at a local high school in Stamford, Connecticut. And some one of their teammates came up with a, a bag that said Duke stores. And I was like, huh, Duke. Why does that guy have a Duke bag? We're in Connecticut. What's he doing with that? Is he going to Duke next year? Kid in front of me goes, no, but I am. I'm going to play baseball next year. Guy's wow. name is James Rate, R-A-I-D-T. And apparently he's pretty good. So maybe one day <laughs> I'll be interviewing him for ACC Network. But yeah, that's what my schedule looks like, JJ. Basically a lot of Chipotle and a lot of covering ACC college sports. That's the way to live, man. That's the way to live. That Duke baseball program, uh, a sweep over oh, yeah. Louisville this past weekend. A couple walk-offs, too. Walk-off grand slam among them. I mean, yeah, really good things happening for Chris Pollard. We'll see what he's able to do. But So on the lacrosse side of things, this is your, uh, your baby. You're all yeah. over the place uh, when it comes to lacrosse coverage for the network there. Since 2010, we know the success that John Donowski has had with the Duke men's lacrosse program. Brennan O'Neill, in my eyes, and again, they're not as used to watching lacrosse as yours, appears to be one of the best players in the entire country. Oh, no. I mean, where is this Duke team at as we get set for the tournament? Well, I think O'Neill will probably win the Tawaraton, which is the, the Heisman of college lacrosse. Whether or not he's the best player in the country, I mean, it, it's up for debate, but Brennan O'Neill's story is really cool, I think. He was the consensus number one recruit Coming out of high school in Long Island, he was like one of these phenom types. Like if there were a slam magazine for lacrosse, Brennan O'Neill would have been on the cover as a high schooler. He was like a LeBron type recruit. And he's lived up to that promise. He was the ACC freshman of the year in 2021. And I, I think he'll win the Tawaraton this year. And for my money, JJ, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on this podcast, I think Duke is the most complete team in the country. When you're playing in the ACC, you can get got any given day even by the teams that are, you know, quote-unquote lower in the standings like North Carolina and Syracuse. I think UNC will make the tournament. Syracuse is a little iffy. But there is a world in which all five of those teams make the NCAA tournament. It's a five-team conference in men's lacrosse. Not totally out of the realm of possibility. Ivy League put six of their seven teams in the tournament last year. So, I mean, there's a chance. But as it pertains to Duke – Virginia, Notre Dame, and Duke have been the top three teams in the country basically all season. They've passed around that number one national ranking all year. And I think Duke is the most complete of the three. When you look at Jake Naso at the faceoff X and you look at their goalkeeping and their special teams, man up and man down, I just feel like Duke is better everywhere than anybody else. Uh, Virginia with Matt Nunes, he was great as a freshman. Their goalie has sort of been a little shaky in his sophomore season. Notre Dame at the faceoff X, they're kind of a question mark every time out. But then you look at Duke and they're rock solid everywhere. Uh, and it starts with Brennan O'Neill. Their attack is nasty. Their midfield has been a surprise this year. A guy like Garrett Ledman has gone from a second-line midfielder to, I think, an All-American type player. It's a, credit to, it's a credit to John Donowski. You know, it's a credit to he, him and his staff and the way they recruited and the way they developed. And I think as we sit right here, Duke has a phenomenal chance to win a national championship, and there could easily be three ACC teams there on championship weekend. What does it take to win the national championship in lacrosse? What, what does it simply take? I think you have to be good at the faceoff X, which Duke is. 
your goalie has to heat up a little bit. It doesn't have to be it's I don't think it's quite as important as in hockey, where if you have a hot goalie, you can win it all. I think in in lacrosse, it's a little bit more dependent on what the guys in front of the goalie do. But you do need your goalie to be playing well. And it takes balance, man. It takes depth. Like and, and Duke has that. Duke has two top midfield lines that I think you could put up against anybody in the country. Duke's attack is out of this world good, and it's versatile, too. Like, it's it's diverse. You have O'Neal, who likes to operate from the wing, likes to bulldodge. He's big. He can feed. And then McAdory and Williams, they're different players as well. McAdory is going to beat you on the dodge with his speed. Dyson Williams is one of the best finishers, if not the best finisher in college lacrosse. Their versatility and depth of weapons, plus the fact that they don't have any weaknesses, I think gives them as as good a chance as anybody. We'll see what happens, of course. Uh, Excited for the lacrosse season to near a close, and hopefully Duke is bound for big-time tournament success. Lastly, Drew, as we get set to uh, end our conversation here today, again, the time is greatly appreciated. This time of year, everybody is keeping their eye on the transfer portal, certainly so uh, with Duke trying to see what next year's squad is going to look like as an ACC junkie that you are. It's crazy to think it's been a decade since the ACC Rookie of the Year returned in men's basketball. you got to go back to Olivier Hanlon at Boston College in 2013. Wow. There's a Kyle name. Filipow- yeah, got to Google where he's at right now. <laughs> <laughs> but Filipowski is coming back for Duke. Yeah. It's crazy, man, that to all of a sudden him and Proctor and Mitchell, what we're not used to seeing in Durham, John Shire has got his best players coming back for another season. Yeah, JJ, I would love to delete Twitter. The one thing that has me coming back is Kyle Filipowski's Twitter. That, <laughs> that guy is money. He's I'm good. Yeah. yeah, he brings it. And uh, any local businesses in Durham or anywhere in the Triangle, please give him NIL deals because I, I would love to see what he does with them. Uh, but yeah, Filipowski and Proctor was the one who who's really surprising to me. I, I thought he would definitely be gone. Same. Um, I mean, big point guard. I just feel like he he screams lottery. But yeah. credit to John Shire for bringing him back. And then, of course, the uh, an outstanding recruiting class comes in. Obviously, Duke is going to be a factor in the transfer portal. You know, I think the biggest question for Shire now is we know he can recruit. Is how is he going to manage this rotation? Because at a certain point, Duke has an embarrassment of riches. Duke, I mean, Duke's biggest problem might be a problem that everyone else would kill to have, which is that they have too many good players. <laughs> so I'm curious to see how Shire handles the rotation. But when you have Filipowski and Proctor and Mitchell coming back, you're going to be really good. And I feel like they might be number one in some of the, the preseason AP polls. Yeah. And obviously that it didn't work out super well for, I'm going to say it again, at school eight miles down the road. <laughs> uh, but I would trust in John Shire, especially with, the way they were playing down the stretch of last season, I feel like they're going to be really good again this year. He's got so much swag and so much pool that he's able to get Jason Tatum in the midst of a playoff series to join him in Atlanta, sitting courtside there, uh, trying to recruit the next Duke stars. Dude, Paolo Bencaro was on campus last weekend. (laughs) Oh, wow. I don't know if he was at the spring game or maybe he was at the women's lacrosse game. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Pretty sure he was on campus. I love that. That's great. That's great. Well, Drew, it's always awesome to see you. Thanks again for stopping by and being here on the show today. Great to see you, Triple J. Thanks for having me, bud.
That's Drew Carter from ESPN and the ACC Network joining us on Locked On Blue Devils today. And that's going to do it for our program. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow this podcast wherever you get them. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Your support means the absolute world to us here on Locked On Blue Devils. That'll do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.